things you own end up owning you. What's going on, cutie pies? Long time no see. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Sorry I left you hanging there for a while. Uh, these do take some time to put together, and uh, I've just been slacking. Uh, but I promise I'm coming back and doing these more often. Today's guest is Camille Julia. She's a freelance writer and has a great podcast called Becoming Fully Human. I think she's really, really, really intelligent, and uh, I really enjoyed having a wonderful, deep conversation with her. This podcast is brought to you by me and me only. <laughs> so if you would like to support me and get yourself some Fuck Oat Milk merch, head over to IHateOatMilk.com and get some. Uh, enjoy the show. Are you the Red Hot Chili Peppers number one fan? Number two. Who's number one? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> did you did you go to ACL at all or no? No. No. Almost did, but You're no. You're right I, there. I know people like you travel. People travel across the country for it. I'm just too in like grandma mode. Grandma mode. Yeah. Are like, you a festival person? I wouldn't consider myself a festival person. I can appreciate a festival. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, I'm definitely not a festival person. Um, yeah, me, like when I, you know, like uh -huh. five to 10 years ago, I was the festival. Listen, I've never been a festival person and I'm still not a festival person after going to ACL. <laughs> I like concerts. So I went to ACL, hey. right? And it's like three days all yeah. day. I think the earliest show, it's like starts at 12, the first concert or whatever. Yeah. And then it's, you know, we went until I think 11, about 11 is when we left. And like, I just did that one day. I just, I flew in on Saturday and I went for Sunday and really, yeah, I'm just there to see the peppers. I saw my buddy's band, shout the out pep? to Nick. Um, he played um, <laughs> with his band. Yeah. So I saw them, I saw a couple other bands, but there was not, there's not, there wasn't like a lineup of, I'm like, oh, I want to see everybody. Really, I'm there to see the peppers, you know, and uh, but by the end of the day, I'm like fucking exhausted. And I don't know. I don't know how people do it three days in a row. It's bananas to me because you're there all fucking day. You're eating. I will say to ACL that they did have a good selection of food. Like there was, of course, lots of like bullshit food, which is, you know, like $20 for whatever the crappiest sandwich you'll ever have in your life but there yeah. was also like they had like venezuelan food there like arepas there and stuff like that and i was oh, like I know yeah. Arepa. Yeah, I know. yeah 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 so and there was like there was plenty of stuff to select from you know so yeah but i, I don't do festivals i just i, I want to go see a show watch the show and then go home and sleep <laughs> you i want to do that minus the show i just want to go home and <laughs> so you've never done like a a uh, coachella like i don't know how people do it here people you know i live in la right so it's like people go to coachella yeah. people go to i don't know fucking burning man like a week out I, in the desert i know how you feel about coachella okay so <laughs> i've seen the memes <laughs> <laughs> no you mean burning man i made i made a bunch of burning man memes oh no i feel like you also made a coachella meme oh probably probably but coachella is on the lines of like this is the time to look for your girlfriend on the <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah coachella has been dead to me when i moved to la like over a decade ago it was cool kind of to go and i didn't actually never went and everybody would go and it was kind of that, you know, 
Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, exotic out there kind of scene, right? Where you're just out there in the desert. And then over the time, it just became so commercial that I don't really, I, I don't even want to go there. It just sounds awful to put on the little hats with little feathers on it and like, hey guys, oh my God, take pictures of me. Not into it. <laughs> yeah, no, I like music. I like live music. But I just generally like the time comes and I'm like, I don't have FOMO anymore. Like when I was younger, maybe. Now I'm just like, I'd rather have a good night's sleep and wake up feeling good and like go to the gym and just be wholesome. That's me. I was worn out by the end of the day. Like I was dead. Yeah. The next day I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to sleep in my own bed. And then I got a trial back, but it was a good night of sleep. Yeah. So anyway, um, so, you know, I've been listening to your podcast. And, cool. Uh, it's, uh, it's really nice. <laughs> I like it because I find you talking about how you feel, how you sense things how you um transition into things versus like okay i read this study and everybody should be doing this or i talked to this scientist and he says that i should be doing it like this there's not a lot of that it's more of you kind of sensing the world and feeling how you're feeling mm -hmm. and really paying attention you know and of course you're not perfect i'm not perfect uh -oh. I, I imagine that there's days when maybe you realize like, oh, that was kind of bullshit what I was feeling. Or, you know, maybe I was a little off, right? Mm -hmm. So literally what, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. What, what happened there? I like, I don't even remember my, uh, oh my God, it's like so complicated to unpack because I haven't even figured it out yet. But it was something along the lines of like, I made a joke. I, I can be quite intense, like savage in my joking. I'm Scorpio Moon. I like fi find dark comedy pretty hilarious. And I made some kind of savage comment. And my boyfriend thought I was serious. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, up. And then seeing him take what I said as a joke seriously was like put into question a lot about how I perceive myself and like how people perceive me and like just this concept of like being a good person. What does that even mean? Oh, right. Yeah, like yeah. he thought I was serious and it was fucked, like what I said was pretty fucked up. And then I was like, whoa, seeing someone that I care about perceive me in a way that's fucked up, even though I'm like, but to joke in general about things, there's always a degree of truth in joking. Yeah. So like, yeah. So even that, you know, there's always this like kind of back and forth, but it's, I mean, it's humbling. It's, it's, I didn't used to always be like this. Like I remember when I first discovered like that mainstream medicine is pretty fucked up and that like, you know, the health industry and big ag, all these things, I kind of did a 180 and everything was like evil or good. Mm -hmm. And then as you soften and start to see yourself in both sides of things, you're like, well, no one has the answers. Like, you know, Rhonda Patrick doesn't have the answers for sure, for damn sure. <laughs> No one really knows anything. So, yeah, I think the felt experience is, like, important. And especially for people to, like, see themselves in imperfection. But then other than that, like, who the hell knows anything, actually? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to point out also, is that it seems like you've been around. It seems like you went that kind of, you know, mm -hmm. yin-yang circle, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. uh, that you went maybe the full... 180 of the government is trying to kill you. Everybody's out there trying to kill you. You're oh, gonna yeah. die. You gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta live out in the in the woods. Veganism is insane. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, where did it all start for you? 
What what was the where, where where did it start with you thinking that you know hey maybe this mainstream medicine idea maybe what we're what we're being taught and told is maybe there's at least some degree of like maybe there's some holes in there at least you know what I mean? I think it was like tap water. <laughs> I was managing an organic store in like 2015 in Australia. I lived there for a few years. And people would be coming into the store and like saying, like dropping bombs. It like started, I'm pretty sure, with tap water. And I was like, what? Tap water is not safe. Wow. Like, even what? even in Australia, I'm kind of surprised because they're they're like the, the you know, the Canada of the uh, Southern Hemisphere. You know what so I like, mean? Communist country. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I have an Aussie client, by the way. So like I, I get a lot of, new, you know, direct news from what's going on there. You know, it's one person, of course. But I mean, um, at the moment. Well, what was that? It's pretty crazy at the moment. Pretty, yeah, pretty weird at least, right? Even he is like, yeah, it's kind of becoming a, um, what did he say? A nanny state, nanny oh, state, yeah. which I was, I was like, oh, wow, it's a great way of describing it, you know. <laughs> no, totally. And, but yeah, with the tap water stuff, and it was just, I don't know, some people grapple with things like that or really resist, but I have always, like my parents like to point out that I've always resisted the mainstream, even like on the playing the playground as a kid. I'd just be like, mm, that's the rule. Nope. Not <laughs> and so, yeah, when I started hearing these things, the tap waters, you know, vaccines, it, there was no really like needing to research. It just landed. And I was like, of course, why would chlorine be antibacterial to kill the bad things? But we're full of good bacteria. And why wouldn't it kill the good bacteria, too? And I was like, OK. And then I think from that, you pull the thread of even just tap water and you're like why is the government putting poison in our drinking water mm-hmm. and then everything kind of starts to unravel and how how's the you know health scene in australia is it where were you by the way sydney melbourne where were you i was in sydney for a couple of years in byron for a bit and ended my stint i was there in two different periods but ended it by driving across the country and spending half a year in margaret river in western australia holy fuck how long is that drive i'm really bad with like time well, i mean how long did you do i mean obviously you didn't do it in one go i'm oh, assuming it was like right? a month yeah yeah, yeah. It was yeah like so you did like a month so it's it's because it's fucking huge But you, you must have driven through through parts of nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And like desert and it was also during COVID stuff. So like they were closing the borders. Oh, wow. Like, this is really recent. So this is not 2015. Oh, no. shit. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, I got kind of got stuck in Australia, actually. Like, <laughs> better or worse, I wanted to stay long term. But I was navigating visa stuff. And then all the shit started happening. And I got the strong intuition they were going to shut the border so I did a quick visa run in and out of Australia and then got stuck there for the whole pandemic. Oh, so you were there for what like a year and a half you were just stuck in Australia not going anywhere? Like two, I got there at the end of 2019 uh-huh. and left just last December. Yeah I moved to Mexico. Oh Jesus how did you manage to get out? Is it just because they finally opened the borders at the end right? Well, they did. You had to apply for exemptions, but because I'm not Australian, I'm born in Canada, you could actually just bounce whenever you wanted. Oh, okay. So you but were uh-huh. stuck being airlines. Like airlines weren't flying to Canada for a while. And I didn't really want to go back to Canada anyways. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so you ended up, why Mexico? Um, You could get in without a PCR. Mm-hmm. 
Got a lot of the like freedom vibes there. Had to take a sixty-hour flight to get there. Sixty-hour was... flight? Oh my <laughs> god! What was that through? Dubai to Spain. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You flew from Australia to Dubai? Oh my god! And overnight in the Dubai airport into Spain into Mexico. Yeah, that's fucking insane. The longest flights I've done is thirteen, fourteen hours to Russia from LA, LA, Russia. That's the direct flight. But yeah. I, it could have been that. It it's like 17 been. to Dubai, yeah, right? I don't even know. Okay, 60, whatever. I can't even imagine another three hours on top yeah. of 13. Because when I get to eight, I want to murder everybody Wait, on the plane. sorry. Not 16. 60. Six zero. Well, you're saying total, total. But I'm saying, like, what's the longest direct flight, like, when you're on the plane? You know what I'm saying? Oh, that I don't remember. But actually, the longest direct flight I've ever taken was 20 hours. Because it was... What the fuck is that? Dude, I don't know how it's even legal. It was from Toronto to Singapore, and there was there wasn't a layover. There was a refuel in Vancouver, but it was. So we you didn't get off the on the plane. Yeah, well, but okay, but still in the air. Like I'm, I'm curious, you know, like so. What you don't know? What's the longest in the air? But I know there's flights that go from LA to Dubai too. By the way, they're uh, around 15 to 17, and. I don't yeah. know. Once I get to eight, like I said, I just want everybody on the plane to die. You know, I just, I right. hate the experience. I'm not into it at all. I, I mean, I can enjoy it for a few hours and then I'm like, I'm over this. I, I really, I, I don't know how flight attendants do that fucking job. Well, they don't. It's well, like, they're crazy people, right? They're crazy no. people. I don't know if you have anybody in your family that's a flight attendant, but I don't <laughs> They're crazy. They're crazy it's people. Like, you know, going circadian rhythm and the importance of like light. Uh-huh. And EMFs, it's just fucked up. Oh my God. So you've never been to Mexico before though, right? Before that flight, before you went to bounce from Australia. I did, well, te- technically, yeah. I went to like Cancun for a week. Like vacationing I- stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no like real Mexican experience. So you had your Mexican experience, right? So what'd you think? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, it was not, I spent nine months there. I actually didn't intend to leave so abruptly either but I kind of thought I'm living in Mexico now and it was great I was in Oaxaca and mm-hmm. a lot of strong women there I like met barely any men like a couple of my friends partners I met but like really amazing women and yeah great food it was like a transformative period for me mm. yeah in terms of like going from writing and doing a lot behind the scenes and probably kind of hiding a little bit behind the written word. It feels much more comfortable there. Like for me with the, you know, there's like a barrier between the world mm-hmm. and what I have to say. And yeah, in Mexico, there was just a, a gap for me. I needed to dance. I really just felt this like deep calling to dance and there was nowhere to do a static dance. So I just started it and it kind of evolved into holding um, women's circles and hosting women's retreats. And it was just this like new chapter for me of which nine months, you know, nine months in the womb, a rebirth is all. Mm, mm, I see. Yeah. A lot of poetic there. Very okay, poetic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Inter- so, and, and this is, uh, did you meet a lot of expats and stuff or this is mostly Mexican women that you met? A lot of expats. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It seems like to be really the spot. A lot of people go. Danny Roddy's I- there. Like people love Mexico. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Mexico at the moment. I think the freedom thing is pretty big. It's wild. Yeah, it's freedom. It's like, um, it's like, it's like the Russia of South America. I think you know what I mean. Like Russia still has that, even though you know not supposed to talk about Russia right now. I know, I realize it, but we can talk about Russia. <laughs> yeah, sure, if you want. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, because it's just that 
kind of uh, freedom, but in a way it's wild too, you know? So you got to be prepared for your shit. You can't just, you, you're not going to just, people are, people are nice and friendly and invite you into their homes and stuff, but mm-hmm. you got to oh, be like, I know. it's wild. I, you know what yeah, I mean? I mean, I, I, I feel like the average American would never even imagine that you can get pulled over by a cop and then give them like, you know, a 20 and just drive on. Like in America, you'll get fucking arrested, right? It's a very serious crime. You can probably go to jail and serve time or I don't I don't know about serve time, but it's probably. very serious. Yeah, probably, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. yeah, bribing a police officer on the street. So, yeah. but in and Mexico and Russia, it's, you know, the common yeah. thing to do. It's built into the fabric of like life there. Mm-hmm. You can buy anything. And you also, like, I know a handful of people that I've gotten like robbed at gunpoint in the middle of the day mm. one woman got punched in the face like mm. yeah it's wild you get, mm-hmm. you get both worlds <laughs> but if you uh you could see yourself uh living there or maybe you know visiting hanging out there at some point again i'm saying you liked it that much that it wasn't yeah, so I loved it. Mm-hmm. good times yeah, it's different like you get it's like anything. I mean, being in Austin now, yeah, I love being able to bike to Whole Foods and get like a $20 smoothie. <laughs> smoothie. That's cheap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's half off. It's like Scout Wednesday. Yeah, no, it's different. Like life there is super cheap. Um, it's a different pace. Yeah, you get pros and cons to everything, which kind of goes back to this idea of like, you know, there's the good thing or there's the answer to anything. There kind of isn't an answer. And even being back in the States now, like a lot of people were kind of shook that I am living in a big city again and in the States because I left Australia because of the pandemic and because of everything that was going on and, you know, chose a very like wild, I guess, life in Mexico. And Yet I have like, again, new, it's always humbling to have the new perspective to be now back in the city and realize that like, there is no answer, you know, even through the pandemic, like, how is it in Cali? Mm-hmm. How's it in Cali? Yeah. Um, tell you the truth. It's uh, back to normal. It's very, I feel like, well, you know, let, let, we can talk about that. Like, I'm curious what your thoughts are over. Okay. So we've had this crazy ass pandemic, right? Two years. Probably three years of weirdness, right? Probably mm-hmm. three years going on. And I still think that at the end of the day, after these two and a half years, the people that were the, you know, on the very left are still on the very left. And the people that are on the right are still on the right. And mm-hmm. I think it's like the tiny minority that have kind of adapted and were, or not adapted, let's say that, there, I, th- I just think there's a very tiny minority of people that actually questioned their existence and this whole thing. I right. think it's, sadly, in a way, I think it's, you know, like, cause I'm, look, I'm not even gonna say what's right or wrong. I just think there's only, there's a small amount of people that have even stopped to be like, hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just to do that pause. Has that been your experience too? Yeah, I think I think some people have. Like, I know even people in my family that made choices about bodily autonomy to give up their rights in the name of, like, literally nothing Mm -hmm. have changed their mind. You know, a lot of people have gotten, like, felt the immediate consequences of their decisions. So, you know, some people like that personally that literally have changed their mind. Yeah. That's big. That's what I'm saying. Honestly, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone. But, like, most people don't. This is just a (laughs) Right. Like how many forms of resistance do we encounter every day when 
it comes to just like even the smallest triggers, right? When we get triggered or something gets activated in us, we just, most people are quick to be like, it's the other person. Like the other person needs to change. The other person needs to do something differently. And it's about them as opposed to it's about me. The left and the right are mirrors of the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the carnivore vegan thing. Like there's this whole idea of righteousness and there's a good way to live and there's a good way to eat but like the energetics of both sides be it the left or the right politically be it and like dude I majored in politics in university I've only voted once in my life I like (laughs) idea that like answers were found through making the right choice but there is no right choice like there's decisions that have consequences that give us perspectives about our existence and our life and our place and alignment and integrity. And I don't think like, this is the, actually my biggest question of, of life itself is like what drives the spark of change in people like you and I value health, but we can't really take credit for that. Like there's something in us. There's like the mystery that is like, Hey, this is worth pursuing. And then, so we act on it and sure, like we then make choices that, you know, turn into a lifestyle and it's habit. And yeah, like your palate adapts when you stop eating bullshit. But like, there's still something under that, that drove us to do that, that we can't take credit for. Mm -hmm. So like, that exists also through this whole pandemic, most people are just not operating from that place. Like, I, I don't actually know how bad it needs to get for people to be like, Oh, I'm unhappy and unhealthy. And my life blows. Yeah, well, if, if anything, the last two years have showed is that it probably would have to be really fucking bad. <laughs> Even worse than this. Worse, worse than not being able to go into, or whatever, worse than being forced to go into a restaurant like it wasn't, like you're asking me about Cali, to go, for me to go into a bar to show my fucking picture, to show my card that I have this, that I have that. I mean, that is fucking crazy. That is yeah. crazy, guys. That's re- it's just bananas to me that it got that far, and it did get that far. Now, look, not all places did that, you know? So I think just like with that left and right thing, like we're talking about, the extremes, it's very easy for the people on the right that are living in places like Austin and Texas and, and whatever, and Florida to just, you know, shit on California. Just, oh, everybody, everybody has blue hair, and everybody's vaxxed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> there is truth to everything, too, right? Even True. to jokes. A hundred percent. I'm not denying it um but it is funny you know you know by the way it's just funny we just had like an earthquake in california Mm. recently and it's in northern california we didn't feel shit down here but um everybody that i know from not california texted me and asked me hey how's the earthquake you good and nobody from california said shit you know because nobody cares because everybody's just used to it and everybody's just in their own thing Mm -hmm. and then in florida when the hurricane was happening you know the big hurricane that came through recently no, but I everybody can... that I had talked to in Florida that I know people in Florida, I was like, Hey, how are you doing? You good? Everybody's like, well, Oh, the hurricane. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're good. Like they didn't even, it, it was, it didn't even register. It just mm-hmm. goes to show you how much people love that fucking opposing drama of the other side. And they want to, what's <laughs> happening on the other side, that other side, instead of just focusing on their own zone and just, you know, focusing on their shit. So anyway, I went down a uh, tangent there, but um, what I was okay. saying, yeah, things that will have to get pretty fucking bad for people to, mm-hmm to start paying attention. I, f- I feel like the sad part is I think that a lot of people are honestly on just on autopilot daily, like really are living on autopilot. It's just wake up, work, come back, 
TV show. Sleep, yeah, yeah. Wake up. Or- totally. And like just mediocre everything. And even when you look at like relationships and marriages and I don't, everything has the potential to be like the most incredible transformative thing or just keeping you so locked into, yeah, your relationship to work, the job, the work you do, just everything, the way you move your body, the food you eat. It's, I mean, to each their own, but yeah. it's interesting to see the possibility that the human experience offers us. Yeah. And the potential, I guess, too, just the potential that everyone has because yeah, some people are born into this or that, but like ultimately, it is interesting. It's it's very it's always it's always been in my mind. I, I'm just like you. I've been kind of in my own lane, a rebel since I was a kid too. I don't know for whatever reason. I don't know why. Not not to be a rebel, not to be cool, because I don't like those oh, people yeah. either. I'm not mm-hmm. into like listening to like punk rock music and shit like that because I find that douchey too. You know what I mean? But I'm just doing my own thing. But it is interesting. I, I I've always thought about that since I was a kid. Like, why do people because there's so many movies made about this stuff, like Fight Club and, um, I don't know, American Beauty. Just that existence of, you know, wake up, get in box, the, the box that is the car, drive that box to work, come back, sleep, repeat. Mm-hmm. Why do so many people do it? Even though a lot of people do notice that, that they're like, like this is terrible existence. But a lot of people do continue on doing it. I've had thoughts of like, I don't know, maybe, is it, you know, I don't know, do you believe in past lives? Or is it a past life thing maybe maybe that's a that's a state of um, transformation and 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 forming maybe maybe some people are supposed to live through that and then kind of maybe Mm -hmm. in their next existence kind of wake up a little more and then they wake up a little more and wake up a little more I 100% believe that because what like what else explains why like some people super young have these huge awakenings and or just like it's like carrying forth the work from a past life is what it feels to me. But what like I've thought about this a lot, too, in terms of like why people make those choices. I mean, we could even get into is free will a thing. I don't even know, but I don't like to think about it too much because it's pretty fucked up if it's not. But <laughs> um, just the fact that like familiarity in our nervous system, just on a very somatic level, like without getting too spiritual, just really in the body is safer than the unknown. And that's why we often choose to play out patterns like in relationship and just in general, I guess, patterns from childhood, things that were familiar to us, which for most people, there's a degree of chaos. Like very rarely are people actually raised super wholesomely, empowered, balanced, grounded, you know, eating organic, all this stuff. And in fact, if you like, the average person, if they're like, no, I had a great childhood, they just haven't explored it yet. Like, you know, <laughs> that's true too, right? <laughs> even if you were told you were loved every single night, it's like, did your parents love themselves? Did, how did they love each other? How did they express themselves? How did they communicate? Like, we don't learn based on what they tell us. We learn on how they operated. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't passed down you know, much wisdom in that department. So our nervous system will literally seek what is familiar instead of being like, well, it could be worse. If I like deviate, it'll be, it could be way worse. So like, let's just choose what we know, which is like that mundane, you know, cookie cutter existence instead of risking losing the thing that you don't even like. I I mean, maybe, maybe that's just, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Maybe, Mm-hmm. Because we do need those people. 
we, yeah. need, we need the garbage man, right? I yeah. don't want to be the garbage man. Do you want to be the garbage man? I don't want to be the garbage man, but I also think that there's for every job that is needed, I mm-hmm. think someone's passionate about it. So you think like, there's dudes out there that are like, fuck, fuck yeah, that. I'm collecting yeah. this fucking garbage today. I do, yeah. And it could even be the kind of person who's so zen that is like, I can, you know, do this job for my society and my community and get deep fulfillment. But yeah, I think there's someone everywhere. Because, you know, there's people that say like, well, if everyone fulfills their, you know, their dream, does their dream job and is living in their purpose, no one's going to be like X, like the garbage man. I think I don't agree. I think there's someone passionate about every job that is needed. I want it to be true because I'm also a kind of positive person, you know? I mean, well, I don't know. I just don't give a fuck sometimes. So my, 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 um, I, I guess I resort to just whatever I move on. You know what I mean? I, so I want that to be true, but I don't know. <laughs> I really, I really want it to be like that. Yes. There are guys that are waking up and they're passionate about, like you said, I don't know. By the way, it is fucked up that the garbage man is, the number one job that everybody thinks of. Like, what if there are actually like a whole set of garbage man dudes that watch these podcasts and they're like, fuck you. Every time somebody says like, not again, Leo, they can start a podcast. And <laughs> Please. If you're a garbage man, I, I'm not even kidding. Genuinely start a podcast because I'm curious what the life is like. Like seriously. Isn't and the pay really good. <clears throat> Listen, I hear them every, every single day in Los Angeles, every single day. You hear them because there's so much garbage here, so much people. So you hear a garbage truck every single day. It's not like a suburban town where, you know, they come through on Wednesday. That's on, that's the garbage day truck. Here they're... Yeah, we're once a week here. Every single day I hear them. I wake up to them every day to the point of like sometimes I have friends that stay with me and then they're like, oh my God, that garbage truck was so loud. And I was like, what garbage what truck? Because garbage I'm so... Truck? I'm numb to it, honestly, seriously. So it's just like, yeah. I don't know. I really want that to be true but then at the same time again there's then then you get to that kind of Dostoevsky I don't know have you read Dostoevsky kind of stuff I know his message his ideas okay okay. yeah I have some things to you should you should you should you know just like one just pick well yeah probably probably just read Brothers Karamazov I feel I feel like it's like the most kind of it's a Mm -hmm. thick one but I've never heard of that one Brothers Karamazov that's oh you know, you, some could argue that's his best work. I mean, all, all of them have some some great stuff in it. it the Brothers Karamazov is just a very um, all-around good book because there's a lot of the same ideas from others' books that he wrote before, previous to that one. They're yeah. also in this book. So that's why it's a, a good choice, I think. But, you know, with his ideas, that being that um, even if life was a utopia and perfect and, and, and everything was so good and, and, you know, everybody was following their passion and everybody is happy. People would still create some sort of conflict for themselves because that's human nature because we want something to kind of poke us in the back and be uncomfortable about it and be like, fuck you. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So his idea was that, you know, like I said, even if everything is going so well, people would create unwellness in their own being or in their environment well i agree and also i think like we come you know past life all that stuff i do think we come to the human experience to grow and learn like if we were enlightened i don't think we would be on the planet so conflict triggers all that stuff they're allowing us to see a part of ourselves that like we've suppressed or are ashamed of or have rejected and without that like 
you need conflict to grow. It's like, it's like training in the gym, the most basic concept of like, without resistance, you're not going to grow. Um, I think there's definitely like more evolved ways of doing that. But even that getting to that place requires like fumbling your way through it at the beginning. And also it wouldn't be fun. Like imagine literally you could get everything you wanted all the time in an instant. You'd be like, well, this is, it'd be fun for what, like a day? Totally. Well, maybe a little bit longer, but <laughs> maybe a little bit longer. I'm thinking of yeah. that Tom Hanks movie when he grows up to be an adult and he has all the money. What's that movie? Big? No, I'm not, I'm not a big Tom Hanks. Oh, Jesus. Come, okay. All right. I know why, but I'm just saying, come on. You've seen Forrest Gump. I've seen Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I like Forrest Gump. <laughs> come on. Forrest Gump is a classic. Come on. See, like, I'm not, I, I have some of those clients that, that, um, they won't, yeah, if somebody, uh, Mel Gibson, remember his big thing back in the day, which kind of was funny now, right? Looking back, it's what ha what's happening with the Kanye West now. You don't, you don't know about Mel Gibson? Oh, yeah. Oh, he went on some rants about, you know, certain ethnic groups and blah, 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 and stuff like that. Quote him. Quote him? Oh, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, but a lot of people just forever stopped watching his movies, you know, and they won't even watch any of his movies. Anything new that he creates, anything to do with Mel Gibson is done. Oh, yeah. No, I can, I can separate the artists from their art, but Mel Gibson, I wasn't into him before he was racist. Oh, God. <laughs> My, my Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson. Sometimes I confuse him with Patrick Swayze. Anyway, I got it. I was thinking in my mind, am I thinking of the right actor? Yeah, I don't know. With but this... you know, back to the utopia thing. Yeah. What, what I mean by people living their passion, just because they do that doesn't mean there's no resistance. Like, I love my job. I love the things I do for work. I love writing. I love facilitating. And still, I'm faced constantly with triggers and things that I have yet to explore within myself. It's not... Yeah, even the people that look like they're flowing with life and doing all the great things, there's always resistance. It's just, I think there's a degree of self-awareness that comes with those things that makes, you kind of welcome them. And you're like, wow, it's like, it's information as opposed to like, well, this person's doing this to me. Like when I get activated now, I'm like, whoa, okay. What belief do I have about myself in this? Like, how am I contributing or creating this dynamic as opposed to like this victim mentality where life sucks and people are shitty? Sounds to me like also you're getting to a place where you're just going with it, even though it's so cliche to say that, to go with the flow, but kind of going with the flow versus like, that's my that's my thing with people like Aubrey Marcus, right? Speaking of Austin, Texas, right? It's that I don't want to become the guy that, okay, today I got to wake up and I got to journal about my, my intense uh, fucking meditation practice that I've been doing every single day. Tomorrow I'm going to do, I'm going to lock myself up in a dark room for a week. Then the third day I got to, I got to do this. I got to see the psychologist and I'm going to talk about my, all my past, uh, my, my fucking, my, whatever, my, my, my childhood with my parents. And then the fourth day I'm going to see this channeler. He's, he, he, he channel. I don't want to do, I don't want to be that guy because no. that sounds like way more of a mental illness and way more work than just uh, dealing with life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally agree. But I think also the the thing, and it's not to call Aubrey out, like a lot that he does and shares, I think is cool. And he's like trying to figure himself out. But I think it boils down to authenticity and what is authentic for you and, and what is authentic for me and what is authentic for Aubrey and what is authentic for 
you know, whatever the neighbor is very different. And I think that the like spiritual world and the health industry that, you know, we live in just as being human beings is full of bullshit. So you see a lot of people using so much force. And I, I think what you're speaking to this, like waking up and journaling thing, like two people can have the same habit, right? One person wakes up and journals, the other person wakes up and journals, but one's doing it because it's this like authentic experience that they want to have with their journal. The other one wants to be like, I woke up and journaled for five minutes and then I did my this and then I did my coffee enema and then I, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the difference is like, to, it, it's never actually the, th the thing. Even when you look at bad habits, like you see the, the grandma who's 120 and her secret to longevity is smoking a cigarette. And then you see the other person who chain smokes because they can't, haven't dealt with, you know, their dad that left when they were two. And so they have the outlet of that for their pain. Like it's never the thing. And so even things that are innately healthy, like the meditations and, you know, I dated a guy that meditated for hours and hours and hours as an escape mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from wow. feeling nothing's innately good or bad. And I think the, that thing that probably triggers us a little bit in others or is like we feel like we want to call them out is because it's not authentic. Yes. And I'm authenticity can be smelt like miles away. Funny, right? Literally. <laughs> Hundreds of miles. There's just this like, and I think too in the health industry, especially again, no shade to Aubrey though, is like when people try and portray themselves as being like healed and they're like, I'm healed. Come do this because I did this and it healed me. And I'm like, well, okay. But if you're going to, you know, be preaching polyamory and then do a 180 and start talking about your monogamy and then slip back, you know, it's kind of like slip back into pot. It's like the cert, like the people that preach like the certainty of like having the answer. I'm like, well, you haven't give yourself a year or two and see if you slip up again because <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And like you said, Hey, if you're in a polyamorous relationship and it's working for you, that's cool. It's just, uh, yeah, people are preaching about it. And then, wow, listen, Reach so, out to me if you are in one. Reach out to me. I have a workshop. And listen, and, and if you're triggered by this, it's just because you get jealous. You're a jealous person. And you yeah. need to work on your jealousy. And it probably stems from your childhood. And when you're, you know, and it's just like, oh, come on. Come on. Like you said, if you're in a polyamorous relationship, it works for you. I also feel like if shit's working for you, that's an interesting concept, right? If shit's working for you, you probably don't talk about it all the time. Dude, I completely agree. You know what I mean? Like, if your diet's working for you, you don't have to go on Instagram and, dude, carnivore diet is the best. It fixed everything. Or vegan diet, whatever. It's just, if it's working, you probably you don't, you don't even give a shit about it. If it's really working for you. Because I, I also don't believe a lot of people out there in the health industry, I sadly, I don't believe that a lot of them are genuinely trying to help people. I think a lot of them are just doing it for clout, to get followers, or to sell you their fucking program. And look, there's a need for money, and I understand. And to be cool, we all want to look good and be liked by people. I totally get that. But you know what I mean? It just, I don't, I don't, I think there's actually very few people that are genuinely like, all right, I'm going to really think about how I can help people or just a small advice that I can give to people that will actually work. You know what I mean? Well, the hard thing is like, if you really do that work, like do the work, you realize there is no, there's no cookie cutter. You can't actually tell anyone what to do. Everyone has to find things on their own terms. And it's like, there is 
there's no answer. So how can you sell no answer? You know, because you got to pay rent next month. You got to sell yeah. the answer. I got the answer. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, in the world of affiliates, like we live in such a different world where marketing used to be a thing you saw on television and now everyone's an ad. And so kind of boils back to that authenticity piece is like, how much can I trust this person who's selling me shit left, right and center? And I also get it. Like I get that people are given the opportunity for the first time maybe ever to you know, other than the world of celebrities, like it used to be celebrity endorsements for everything. And now the average person can have an affiliate account, get a 10% kickback on things that they're promoting on their, their social media page. But it makes it's, it's hard to, to, to like navigate the waters of that to see what is real. And also, in terms of what is real, peeling it back, like, sure, we see the woman you know, with her fake bots being like the skinny <laughs> is the one, is it what gave me this body? Yeah, but yeah. The people who are authentic in terms of, I actually take this, how much of, how much do they know about the recipe of how their body and how <laughs> it's generated came from what? That's a funny one because, you know, it makes me think of those girls. I love, love, love these posts because they're so funny to me. And I, I don't think most people get it. Mm. The post of like a girl like posting her picture from like five years ago where she was like super skinny and no ass. And then it's like a video of her like big ass. And it's like, I'm so glad I've worked on myself. And it's all it's every, the post. The entire post is about like all her issues and problems that she's worked on. But really, it's just that she got a bigger ass and more dudes look at her and she likes that. And is it like, is it really all this like deep rooted stuff? Or did you just, all you have to do is just get an ass, which is great. Squat, lunch, get an ass. But I love it when it's my favorite uh, girl mental illness. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just so funny. My current favorite is unpacking the fact that like, so we see an ad on TV for a big pharma, you know, the like, uh, try Flaxiquin. And it's like, it's like a hundred things of side effects and whatever. Oh, yeah. So most people these days can see that and be like, okay, that's fucked up, not interested. But in the natural industry, we're seeing the same. There's people, you know, with their like mushroom kits and they're like, this is for my brain. Yes. Do you have bad sleep? Have this. And it's the same. It's this like one size fits all, you know, you have this, you take this, you have that, you take that as opposed to being like curious, yeah. you know, yeah. sleep being our most basic fundamental human function that we need every single night. And if your body's not sleeping, it's not because you're not taking a reishi tincture. What do you mean? Oh, you know? so, so I got to do, I got to do a lion's mane. It's lion's mane, right? That's what that's. <laughs> drops of each. <laughs> uh, the mushroom thing. It's killing me. That one is a big one too right now. It's super popular. Cause just like. And, uh, yeah. I mean, everything has a place. Sure. But it's it's that same concept of like, well, Reishi helps me sleep, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna start promoting it as a sleep thing, and it's it, yeah, I think it just dissociates us from our bodies and kind of just perpet. It's that mirror again, right? Of like the vegan carnivore, left and right, pharma and naturopathy, whatever you want to call it, the holistic health world. I think they're kind of mirrors of one another in terms of like you're broken take this mm -hmm. you know so you've been around obviously you've tried different diets tried different things have you ever had an experience where yeah this one thing helps me do this and then later on you realize like oh like i can totally do this thing without this thing and then you start thinking i mean every supplement ever pretty much <laughs> exactly right <laughs> yeah. 
And I also, it's like the ego that you get. I, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, looking at my supplement cabinet. I was like, you know, I would look and I prided myself on being like, well, fashion is dumb. Like, why would you spell that, spend that much on like a Chanel purse? But then yeah, I looked yeah, at my yeah. supplement and be like, <laughs> brand names, you know, <laughs> like the ego just finds and attaches to something. And in the spiritual world and the health world, it's easy to justify that it's healthy because it's the health industry, but it's never the, the object of our attention. It's our relationship to it. And yeah, supplements, I would just take like, I would put 10 powders in my, you know, morning coffee, everything I baked or make would be laced with this or that. And it was like <laughs> CBD was, on everything, right? CBD. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> just yeah. doing this. Yep, yep, yep. A little ha round hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. I guess a lot of things, and some things are good, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's a it's approaching everything from just a completely different place, and. And then people are going to say, well, you guys are just anti supplements, and it's like, no, we're not anti supplements either. It's just like, I don't know. I just call it. Uh, I just made made it up myself. I just say, stop making everything a thing. You know what I mean? Just you, know, you, you don't have to make everything a thing. It could be a thing. Like there could be a supplement that really does make a difference or whatever. Maybe works, maybe whatever, but you don't have to make a thing out of it. Mm -hmm. You can, you can, but it seems like it's so much. It's just everything now is a thing. This is a thing. And this sleep and the ice bath. And like, I'm, I'm sometimes on my, on my explore page on Instagram, I'm like watching these fucking dudes. This dude is like, shred it you know shred it probably ha hasn't had a carbohydrate in like since you know 1999 it's just fucking shred it he's got fucking uh the you know the trackable watches that track his heart rate my heart rate right now is one of you two i'm in zone two cardio and it's just he knows everything he's got the ice barrel next to him he's got the the the, the uh, mushroom teas in the in the yeti cup already you know he's got and he's got an affiliate link for all those things and it's just like Man, this was like a fucking mental illness, man. Seriously, it really does. Because it's just like, how much stuff do you need to be healthy? And what are you exactly are you promoting? Are you promoting being healthy or are you promoting this thing, this this kind of robotic existence of like, like you're a car, you know? It's like this, you, you go this speed, you got to track this and you have that and you got these kind of wheels and you, you got you to gotta maintain it. So you got to do daily maintenance. You got It's just like, oh my fucking God. It's, cra it's crazy how... You know, because I've been in this game for a while. It's crazy how it went from maybe, I guess, everybody just being vegan. Because it was always like vegetarian and vegan. That's kind of the, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the set piece to like being healthy for whatever reason. I think we're just inclined to it. Yeah, yeah, we're just inclined to it. And it went from that to just like a billion things that you have to do to be healthy. Right? Yeah, it's interesting too. Like if you take these things away from the biohackers... You know, if you rely on the thing, like the thing, the things to me that promote health and if you're taking something, it's like, is it a bridge to achieve something? And ideally you want to take it up to the point where like, okay, now that's resolved. You know, like if you need your morning routine, your 10 supplements every day till you die, then is it really helping you? Like, is it? Or is it creating a dependence and a belief about, you know, what you need to thrive in the world? I, like, take away all the gadgets. If people freak out, 
how resilient are you? You know, like, I understand the place that these things have as, yeah, as like a bridge, maybe to recovering from something or, you know, finding balance if you've deviated for a while. But I just, there's something, and it's not about being purist. I'm not against supplements. Like, I'm not against anything. But yeah, like you said, this dependence, it's like a, it's actually mental illness and I've been there. So it's not yeah, same even, here. That's why I make no fun of it. Right. <laughs> There's no judgment. I've been there, but like you only, you can really know if your relationship to the thing is healthy or not. And like you said, you look at some people and they're like, Whoa, that is the furthest thing from health. Although you're ticking all the boxes. It's like, maybe you think maybe I make fun of these things a lot because I think more often than not, people should first uh, <laughs> take away things before placing things into this whatever, whatever issue they're having. And what I mean by that is like, I yeah, agree. if you're working your job that you fucking absolutely hate, you know, maybe, I, I know it's not easy to quit your job. I totally get it. I mean, yeah, I'm not, you know, I get it. It's hard to quit your job. It's hard to do this. You can't afford, mm. but like maybe address that issue or whatever, change your job or blah, 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 you know, and maybe if you're in a relationship that you don't want to be in, but you're in it because you feel bad for the other person, you don't want to break up with them. And then you're, Oh my God, baby, I miss you. But then I don't miss you back and forth. Maybe like address that, address mm -hmm. all, you know, and then like, you know, Oh, I, I, I bought a red light therapy device, but I don't really go outside, go outside, you know? Yeah. The red light therapy is great. I'm, I, I got one, but that's what I'm saying. Take away the, the I feel like we're getting in the way. I totally yeah. agree. Like, so that there's this like his name's Robbie. He's like a just he's a certified Jedi and he does a modality basically that helps fix corrections and balances shit and whatever. He's kind of like this, yeah, a guru and a mentor of mine. And when I was in my past relationship that was unhealthy in many ways. He said to me, I like wanted to do a session with him to explore like why I was getting so triggered by this guy and how it could be more, you know, calm. And he said to me, I will never balance you to a bad situation. Don't get good at being in the wrong situation. Address why you're in the wrong situation if you need support. But don't so like like you said, don't try and biohack your way out of the fact that you're in a shitty job, a shitty relationship or, you know, hate. It's like, go for the biggest, like, don't go for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. Go outside. Well, in their mind, you see, though, in their mind, that's the high-hanging fruit. It's if to buy the $500 red light therapy device to mm -hmm. get the melatonin sleeping peel, pills and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? They don't realize that the low-hanging fruit is to just get all the bullshit out of your life. Well, as much as you can. I get it. And, you, and just like we talked about earlier, you're not going to get everything out of your life. Always. You're not going to be pristine tabula rasa you know like a clean slate yeah but it is addressing the like the bigger umbrella things of like if you change your job you can stop doing all these biohacks because you're actually gonna you know you're getting good at being in the wrong situation and like kind of taking the steps back the partnerships the friendships the job these big environments that we place ourselves in well it's like if you're in a moldy house and you like do all the biohacks Mm -hmm. you know to clear mold every night but it's like but or you just move yeah exactly that that's a good uh yeah analogy right there yeah like but it's you, not it, i mean it's also not that simple the whole relationship thing yeah. like the jobs 
it plays into how, you know, our self-worth and again, the nervous system and the patterns from childhood that we like, there's so much to unpack. hundred percent. It's not it, that simple, right? No, yeah. but it's better to spend your time unpacking that than like yes. doing red light every I night. Agree. Yeah. Do you think I can feel, I, Although, I don't know. I do right there <laughs> yeah like i said i got one you know i'm looking at it you know i, I got one too but yeah <laughs> i feel like i feel that a lot of people kind of lie to themselves i feel that i most people know the shit that they need to address and it's sort of like that whatever bill that you haven't paid and you keep putting it off because you don't want to it's sort of like that kind of thing happening with people i feel that a lot of people are, are lying to themselves i don't know why it's another one of those curious human existence questions right it's like why i don't know but but they do we all do it we i've done it you know what i'm saying we all do it i have to i think we all are doing it to to a degree mm -hmm. and definitely i've done it more intensely in the past but the other thing is like a lot of the conversations like these right that people have in terms of like what to do about it is just don't do it <laughs> yes you know it's like you're experts even i remember i was listening <laughs> It was like about relationships or couples and it was like a, a man and wife who are both like, you know, sex, sexologists, you know, relationship life coaches. And someone had asked, you know, after children or something, what, how do you keep intimacy? And he's like, you just have to prioritize it. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> the thing is, like, there isn't that much good advice either. And I think part of that is because... And why I share the way I do on my podcast and my process and stuff is like, there is no one way. It's like, you know, going in and introspection and sitting with things and exploring and taking little and taking a step forward and then two steps back. There's no like, there's no cookie cutter. Yeah, it's, I don't know. And you can, you, you can tell me like, I'm curious how, you know, women think about it. Right now what's happening with men, it's, uh, you know, because we went through this two two years of weirdness and we've had maybe probably like a good 20 years of PC culture in America, right? You know, I haven't been here for that long, but I'm, you know, noticing it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like now the rebellious thing to do is to get that like farm, right? To start your own farm with, with fruits and goats and, and, and cows and to get married. Mm -hmm. and to have 14 children mm -hmm. um, and to work out every day, be fucking jacked. You, you have to be jacked, whatever <laughs> it takes. And, you know, all, all, that's the rebellious thing to do, right? right? But I'm also noticing that those guys are becoming just as mentally ill as the other guys that are living in cities and that are single and they're, because they're becoming so obsessed with this thing mm -hmm. and it's just like, oh my... God, just relax because what's going to happen is you're going to get there, you're going to get married, you're going to have your four kids, and then five years are going to go by, and then you're not going to like your wife, and you're going to get a little bit fatter, and then you're going to get divorced, and then you're going to think, what the fuck? But I found the answer. I thought I found it. I found the thing. It's the same as, you know, the supplements or the habits or the anything is like, it's there is no it, it's your relationship to the thing. And so people have these ideas that, if they do this, they'll be happy. But like, why the why is so important, even with diet. Mm -hmm. 
you know, anything, the, the meditation, the exercise, the two people having the exact same meal, but one person's doesn't understand why they're doing what they do. And the health industry or any pursuit, I think so often is just done from such low self-worth. And this belief that if you achieve some this thing, even if it's a six pack, like, I mean, I think I've told this story before, maybe not in, in this, like, maybe not um, in audio, but when I was 21, Nike reached out to do a campaign with me. I was ripped. I had six, I had a six pack abs. I was overtraining. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Nike reached out to do a campaign and I actually bailed on it at the last second wow. because wow. I didn't feel good enough. <laughs> oh no. So people like, I literally like that was the self-worth that I had. And so what, like, what is it that you want to achieve? Would you rather have more body fat and have inner peace or are you just seeking the outcome but it doesn't matter how you get there and so yeah you can have the farm and the goats and the wife and the kids and it can look picture perfect but if you pursued that thinking that it would make you happy yeah surprise i think boy oh boy you're wrong yeah you there. I mean, look at all the, the millionaires of the world that are in therapy, the, the celebrities that commit suicide, like, and apparently, you know, there's this like, um, there's a term for it in psychology, where like the worst day of an Olympian's life is when they get the gold medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've worked and the working for something is like, oh, the hustle and oh, we're, finally, you know, we, we closed on the on the land and oh, now the next project and the next project, but then eventually you realize like, well, there isn't like you don't achieve something and then all of a sudden the happiness comes yeah yeah look at look at our boy elon musk can't even keep around a lady all that money all them kids but maybe you know but i don't know hey maybe did he's he, doing it the right him, way though huh did him and his thing break up <laughs> his his thing <laughs> i don't know i have hey, no hey what did they name the second kid i remember seeing the first kid's name which was they like had a second kid yeah, they had another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless well, I he bought Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't see the name of the kid. It was like it was letters. like numbers. It was like numbers and letters. It was like very. Of course, it is. Very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look it up. When I'm curious, uh, kid's name, right? Yeah, even him. And who was the? She was like a artist, right? She I had some songs. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, was... it's like an X, and it's like an A that is like together with an e and then it's like a dash 12 look like a frat house (laughs) yeah 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 it looks like a frat house name exactly (laughs) oh grimes grimes that's right that's right that's right Mm -hmm. but look i mean hey you got to give it to the guy though maybe he's doing it the right way maybe he's just going around banging all these baby mamas making all these kids and then he's just like every time you see him on Twitter, he he's he's become super right the red pilled kind of guy now, right? He's like posting all those savage tweets. I don't know if you've seen them, but he he'll post some of those, you know, like yeah, uh, some of the savage tweets, like Bill Gates being pregnant, you know, that kind of emoji. Did you see that one? <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, well, look, I can't hate on that. It's funny, and he's I, funny. to me, it seems like he's being authentic to himself. It doesn't seem like he's trying to be anything. Same. But I just don't know. Like, you know. Yeah, 100%. I, I would never judge a person until right. I, I meet him. 100%. Totally. Well, I mean, I judge him a little bit, but yeah. I can't ever truly know. Because you see some people look like they have their shit together. And 
like I've worked in the health industry for so many years and some of the healthiest looking people who have very curated lives are, you know, eating disorders, anxiety, chronic anxiety, taking pills. Big time. You so know, I, I had a, I had a, uh, do you know who Denise Minger is? Mm-mm. You remember that China study thing? Remember that book? Everybody yeah. read about it. So she was a girl that put together a giant uh, article, I guess, piece about the China study kind of debunking it. And she kind of went viral for it. This is like early health influencer days. This is, this is when Mark Sisson, before Mark Sisson was a big name, you know, and then, and then they, she partnered up. This is pre-Mark Sisson. This is like pre-Mark Sisson. Mark Sisson still had the website that was like, what is it? Mark's daily Apple or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So she kind of went viral on, on websites like that one. And then she eventually partnered up with him and she had like a book deal and eventually she gave it up. I had her on my podcast. It was a great conversation about the sort of thing that you just talked about. And she was saying she remembers being backstage, you know, going out and presenting about, you know, why the ketogenic diet is the way that our ancestors ate and why we should be eating. And then going backstage and chatting with all these people that are like, yeah, man, like I'm having problems. Like my testosterone is low. Like I- I'm cold all the time. Like literally people at the fucking conference presenting about the stuff that they're supposed to be selling you and telling you is the answer. And then going backstage and just talking about all these problems that they're having. Yep. Well, here's a question for you. What is health? Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to define it. Well, I've thought about it a lot and uh-huh. what I've boiled it down to is inner peace. Mm. And that doesn't negate the physical at all because you cannot be 3,000 pounds and have inner peace. Sorry, body positivity movement. You can be worthy as a human being. And in fact, you are innately like on the spectrum of having any addiction, any health issue, you know, no matter what you look like, you're worthy. But there's this problem we have at the moment in this, you know, health industry that people like it's it's not both and like you can't be worthy and need to change some shit or you're worthy and you don't have it fully figured out. So people have to portray this. Like when you look at the body, body positivity movement, we're glorifying illness Big time. and that's not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how can we not hold space for the fact that someone is lovable and worthy as a human being and needs to lose weight for their, for their health? Like we've just kind of lumped everything into like accept everything. Everyone's perfect. Um, we see it with mental illness too. You know, there's a lot of glorification of, of I mean, we've been joking about mental illness. <laughs> but yes, but, but on you know, a serious note. Yeah. But yeah. on a serious note, um, <laughs> it happens with mental illness too. There's this like, well, living with anxiety. It's like, well, why are we living with anxiety? Like, why are we the sickest population to ever walk the earth? Why is everyone anxious and depressed? Instead of glorifying it and being like, you know, you're so brave. It's like, well, you're worthy and you're great and you're amazing. But also like, don't use that to just be complacent about your life and not do the work that you have to do to experience vibrant health, which for me is inner peace. And like, so that's the physical, but also so tied in and can't be separated from the emotional, the the mental, the emotional, like everything's kind of right. What it's the chicken and the egg. Yeah. Yeah. 
thing. I, I, I like where you're going with this. Because, yeah, that's, you know, it goes together with all, all these things that we've been talking about. It's I, I don't want to be that guy that's constantly fucking doing this and that and doing all these protocols to make myself, to, to bring myself inner peace, right? I want to I wanna feel inner peace and, you know, and yeah. and Like, because it's fun. Cause like, it's, yeah. You know, you like it, but not because you're seeking this destination, like the inner peace. Yeah, it's I mean, it, it, it requires, I think, a deep unraveling of a lot of our beliefs. And like you said, more than doing things, it's actually about undoing yeah. and unwinding and unraveling than it is about like doing all the habits and ticking all the boxes because you see that that. I mean, you can see it in someone. They're doing all the things. They're eating perfectly. They're mm-hmm. they're getting in their morning this and their that, and their routine is literally perfect. And yet, you're like, whoa! When I'm around you, I like, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. I've you know? seen that happen with people like Tim Ferriss over the years. You know, I'm an uh, I'm an early Tim Ferriss fan when I Same. Know it, right. Yeah, so he's been around forever, Same. right? And I've had I, I have I had all those books. Eighteen, yeah. Yeah. So what'd you say there? I missed the first. I story. discovered him when I was eighteen. Yeah. I read the Four Hour Body and was like, "Oh my God, carbs exist!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry about if you heard the siren. I don't know that threw me off. Um, yeah, so I have all these books and shit. Uh, you know the earlier ones, and yeah, you're watching this guy do all these protocols and all this and that and, and this and that and mm-hmm. and the, the perfect diet and and the supplements and the the ART work and. And then eventually, right, he kind of ends up having some sort of mental health illness stuff. Like, because he goes on, he gets super into DMT and ecstasy and, and all that kind of stuff. So he becomes one of those Burning Man kind of people. And which is cool. I'm fine with it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it just goes to show you that, yeah, you never know. It's all, all these protocols, all this stuff. Like, maybe you didn't even need any of that shit, man. Maybe you should have just addressed this thing that you addressed uh, through using, you know, exogenous substances earlier on and you didn't need to do all these crazy fucking diets and all these ex- extreme experiments that people do on themselves i mean probably they do need to do it right because they're doing it to figure it out you mean to get to, to that point out. yeah but it's i guess i wish like how, how can we because i feel like sure a certain degree amount degree of that is good but there's so many people that do insane shit, right? How about all those like YouTube videos of vegans that were vegan for 10, 15 years? And then they're like, yeah. And then when I started losing teeth, that's when I was thinking, hey, maybe there's like a problem here. Or vice versa, right? The carnivore people that, you know, what, whatever, can get, can get warm and, and have a fucked up thyroid that they realize, oh, maybe I should eat some carbohydrates, right? It's like, is there a, is there a way to like speed that process up a little bit? Because people will go to some extreme fucking ends, man. Like really extreme. I think, I mean, I think the first layer is curiosity. If you can approach your life and your choices and your beliefs from a place of curiosity, that's the portal that opens the whole world up. But what drives curiosity kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about like you and I value health. And there's this spark of life in us that drives us towards you know, taking care of our bodies and exploring our relationship to life in, you know, a healthy way, whatever that even means. But I don't know what the spark is. That is like life's biggest mystery because some people like listening to the podcast and they like introspection and they like the the curiosity that comes from like, maybe I don't have the answer 
is what opens up that possibility. But what drives the spark of curiosity? Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Some people, I just want people to do whatever they're, they want to do to, to just be at a place where, you know, fuck it. Like you're going to die early. You're going to die late. Like who cares? Like, just do the thing that you feel like you should be doing here. I think that's really important. I feel like a lot of people just get trapped in these little little boxes, right? And I went to a, um, a health conference recently in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, technically. And um, it's like what you said earlier. It was just a group of people like glorifying all these things that are wrong with them and just talking about it on stage. It was literally like one lady... Well, okay, when I was 14, my uncle touched me and then I got into a car accident and I have a and I have a scar from here to here and then I had to get over that and then and it's just like this like endless stream of stuff that she had to go through because I think she's so attached to like these things, these bad things that happened to her and it's just like I just kind of want her I just want to give her a hug. It's mm-hmm. like what's happening with Jordan Peterson right now. I want to give him a hug and give him a joint. And have his wife give him a blowjob that he really enjoys. That's like not forced, like just out of love. And just, just be like, dude, it's going to be all right. You don't, you don't need to go on another world tour. You don't need it. I'm telling you. I've seen you live. I've seen him live. Same. It was, it was in, yes, it's great. It's, it's unbelievable how in-depth he can get into his head. I understand. It's, it's unbelievable how good it, he is at... Um, What's that word for, you know, like enunciating his words and, and, and having a, like a very clear stream of consciousness and, and be able to give it to us. And we, it's, it's unbelievable because not a lot of people can do that. It's very difficult. I can't do that. I'm retarded compared to him, honestly. But it's just, I just want to give him a hug. I, I just don't think he needs another world tour and to keep taking the antidepressants and to be on benzos because he's free. I, I just want to give him a hug. Here, smoke is a joint. Still, like, is he of- still medicated even after that whole stint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was on Rogan's podcast and Rogan asked him, are you still on benzos? He's like, no. He's like, so are you not taking any medication right now? And then he said, I don't want to talk about that right now. So, which means, yes. Probably <laughs> your per- impersonation ability. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it kind of boils back down to inner peace, right? Like everyone's on on their journey and what people see as health through the lens of their upbringing and society and beliefs, like it's a minefield. And there's there's very few people out there that really, even like when it comes to content, like taking things in at the moment, almost nobody resonates. It's like, it's, there's a lot of just parroting, even in the, in the world of the podcast. Like I see just, you know, people going on the rounds of all the big podcasts and <laughs> yeah, big said into everyone's mic. And it's very just like, Oh, I just, it kind of exhausts me, which is why. It's yeah, unauthentic, as you said, 100%. I hate that too. Uh, as soon as I see somebody's name on four different podcasts, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. It's just like, this is a forced thing and they're going to just get the same thing out of him. And it's just, uh, which is, I guess, why people gravitate towards podcasts like Rogan's, right? Where he just chats with people and right. um, he's just able which to. Which is where people. Elon, I was like, he's, <laughs> needs help. <laughs> oh, you, you could tell, well, he's a weird fuck 100%, yeah. 100%. <laughs> 
I'm with you. I'm not saying he's not weird, by the way. I'm just saying that he's weird as fuck, but maybe he's enjoying himself. It seems to me like he is, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe life is a struggle. Maybe that's the way he gets it out or something. He, he just goes on, I don't know, does weird things. Maybe at home he's just like, fuck, fuck. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But maybe well, he's, I mean, yeah. There is something to his failed relationship that's interesting. I know nothing about it. Like you literally, I learned this through this conversation we've had, <laughs> but intimate relationships being like an incredible mirror of someone's capacity to face themselves. I haven't watched it yet, but Jordan Peterson has this three part series on marriage. Mm. Not to say that by any means he's like, you know, fully God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not God, but there is something about, romantic relationships successful ones that are interesting because how many do you know that you actually look up to oh yeah not very many not very many i don't i don't know it's uh, do you know me uh marriages that i look up to zero yeah i, I know people that have been together for a long time and not mm -hmm. even to say the cliche thing of like they hate them each other now you oh. know i know people that have been together they seem like they uh deeply care about one another because what else are you gonna fucking do if you after you've spent 30, 40 years together? But mm -hmm. like some of those relationships, I'm like, I don't want, I, I wouldn't want to be the guy in that relationship or the girl, yeah. or me yeah. personally. But that's my personality. Yeah, but that's you and, and every other person. Like I can think maybe of one relationship that I know of that I'm like, they're the real deal. Mm -hmm. And like how many people like love being like the fabric of our human existence, the thing that we all seek whether we want to call it, you know, whether we actually seek marriage or just connection or whatever you want to call it, like love being this thing that all humans need to survive, even in terms of like the whole, you know, discussion of health, like we know that human connection and bonding is so vital. And yet, almost nobody has that shit figured out. Because <laughs> when you commit to someone and you get close to someone, yeah. You're looking at yourself like you have to face all your shit. You have to all your stories, all your beliefs, all this, all, like the, the road home, right, to inner peace is seeing yourself unless you're willing to face yourself and see yourself. So maybe that is the hot tip is get in a relationship with someone <laughs> and then face yourself, right? Like face what comes up instead of being like, nah, she's crazy or he's crazy or he did this to me and I'm out. It's like. Yeah, there's there's something there when it comes to relationships. So I'd be curious. Like, I'd love to sit down with Elon and be like, so what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but he's been married how many times now? Three, four times? Right. He's got a lot of kids with different people, four doesn't he? Four or five. He? Maybe. I don't know if he was married to his last lady, but. Mm. And it's not to say that relationships have to last forever. Like, there are, there's also a point of self-abandonment where stepping away is definitely what? <sighs> I don't know. You, know. you want to know what I really think? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a hot you know, it's nothing, you know, genius, but I just think, I just think it never ends. I think that what game, I just, just the, the game, just that, that thing of relationships of, you know, mm -hmm. I should do this as a guy or I shouldn't do this. And then what the girl should do or shouldn't do, you know, this, cause it's a constant, there are days for sure. Right. When you wake up and you're with your significant other and it's just like inner peace, like you said, mm -hmm. but I, those are kind of, those, those are the rare days, I think. The other days, that's where you're playing that little bit of a game. Okay, well, I shouldn't do this because that annoys her. And it's like, and then she shouldn't do this because I don't like it. And, and, you know what I'm saying? No, that's the game. The, the, the enlightened like version of relationship where you're getting to know yourself is like, 
hey, when I do this, you respond this way. Like, how, and look, for some, this isn't for everyone. I'm not saying like the, the whole conscious relationship thing can be nauseating for some people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And in fact, when I hear men coach this stuff, <laughs> it does not turn me uh, on. See what I'm saying? So, but right there, just, I, I want you to finish your thought. But before that, right there, that's what I'm talking about. You see this weird fucking game of like, I want him to be emotional, but I don't want him to be too emotional because then he's a little bitch. But then at the same time, I want him to be emotional, but then I don't want him to be emotional. But again, do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, I do. But it also boils down to authenticity and a man staying in his masculine and a woman staying in her feminine. So like the whole thing that turns you like the turn off stuff for me, really as a woman, it has to do with how much a man can stay in his masculine. And that doesn't have to do anything with emotions. Like men feel emotions and can express emotions. But like, there's like the energetics of the masculine and feminine that are just, I mean, it's a whole freaking world. Yeah, you can't pin it down. I get you. You can't, no, you, you can't, you put can't it down pin there. it down. But it's that whole thing even about the whole, like, I'm not going to do this because of this. Like, that to me is a game. Mm-hmm. But can, like, I mean, I could take this in so many different ways. But, but essentially, like, are you on the same team in a relationship? And can you learn to communicate and share your inner dialogue? Which is something almost nobody does. You know, like, there's, you can be you and a chick and you're having a conversation but you have your inner dialogue about what's going on in the conversation. She has hers. And typically that is never discussed. So like if you do have an argument, say, right, with a partner, you have an argument. And then after you can be like, so how, like, how did that go for you? Like, how did you feel through that argument? You know, like, have you ever done that with someone where you've like unpacked the argument after the fact? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you again. (laughs) <laughs> that it's a game that never ends. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm not saying I don't want to talk about this. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also, I'm I'm not God either, so I don't I don't know. But that's my hot take. I think that you know, uh, whatever thoughts you're having at 21 about relationships, whatever thoughts you're having at 31, at 41, I think when you're 81, I think you'll still be having some of those same thoughts. That's what I think. I agree. <laughs> and it's and again, to me though, I take that as a sign of actually that kind of brings more inner peace towards me because I take it as a sign of like, well, you know, go back to that thing of just go with the flow, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Just let go. Let go. Yeah. And it's so fucking hard to do. And again, and I have have many failed relationships and you know and that you look back and you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, shouldn't have done that. Should have done this instead." For sure. Mm-hmm. But still, it brings me a little bit, it brings me, say, put it this way, it brings me more inner peace to think that I can just, okay, fuck it, I'm just going to let go. Not fuck it as in like, fuck you, as in let go, go with the flow, do my best, be honest with mm-hmm. myself and you, instead of thinking, okay, if I get the girl that she has a good family and we get married and we move to the woods and we have four kids, if it's at least three kids, then we should be good. She won't leave me after the fourth one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because that brings me more inner peace than thinking of I'm going to get the it thing and then that's where I'm going to be good. Because totally just like you said, I'll, I'll, I'll see people that are in their – look, I'll tell you a client. I won't say his name so you won't know who it is. But um, 
I have a client, you know, he's What's the uh, first letter of the first name. <laughs> <laughs> he's up there, right? He's 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 up there in his age. Way up there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Way up there. Let's say getting close to American average, you know, lifespan average, right? So he's up there. He's Was that like fifty these days? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, with a myocarditis. Well, I shouldn't have said that, but I mean, fuck it. <laughs> um, you know, and he's been married since, you know, college days. And, and he's in the, he's in the, uh, he's in, their dog passed away recently. Kind, kind of recently. Well, 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 yeah, whatever, kind of recently. And they want to get a new puppy now that they're over it, you know, because it was, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, like a baby, right, that you've had for, for a number of years. And uh, they're in the market for for some dogs, and they have to decide which dog. He wants kind of a bigger dog. The wife wants a smaller dog. If the dog is too big, it's it's not good because you know they have to, whatever. It's too much work, and it's you know, and it's this and that. And if it's too small, it's not fun because he doesn't want a small dog because it's like, you know, even though they're cute, like what the fuck you do with them? You can't take them on a hike. You can't like go out, you know. And then. Uh, they had to have their son help them out to draw a contract, literally a contract, to decide which to to kind of settle on. Okay, these are the qualifications we're looking for. This is the type of dog we want. At his age, you know what I mean. They had to do a contract. Mm-hmm. You would think, right? We've been together for fucking ever. I know how you react. I know how you act. I you know, I know you know. I've seen your I've seen your asshole. You know what I mean? Like I've seen everything. I can sketch it. I can sketch your. I know every little hair on it. You know what I mean? And I still need to draw a contract. Okay. And so they draw a contract, and then he's like, "Yeah, I, man." He just tells me, "He's like, I can't wait to have a have a dog." You know, I just want somebody in the house to love me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And it's in a way, it's sad, but. On the other hand, honestly, I know that I know they still love each other. I know all that good stuff, but that's just I think that's what I'm, that's what I mean by that game never ends. I think it just never mm-hmm. fucking ends. And I I take it as a sign of just letting go and going with life and not getting too attached to any of it. That I agree with. But also like in terms of the never ending thing, Part of what brings me the inner peace is not seeing anything as innately good or bad. Like even on the debate of, you know, the monogamy versus polyamory and like all the things, it's like neither are good or bad. They're both just experiences that enable us to see ourselves more. And same with relationships ending or committing to marriage and or like you see a marriage and they just fucking hate one another and it's torturous. But still, like, there's always going to be that resistance in life. So they've chosen that path of seeing themselves through another in that way. Others choose a much healthier, happier single life. Like there's people, you know, who are like, fuck relationships, you know, I'm going to have. But you can't actually, despite not wanting to be maybe in a romantic relationship, everything's a mirror. Yeah. Your relationship to food is a mirror. Like that's probably the biggest one, actually, because you can't escape it. People run from relationships all the time. They run from friendships. They end friendships. They say, she's a bitch. You know, I'm done with that, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or he cheated. It's it's like, no, even in the dynamic of cheating, like cheating is this like experience that is co-created because someone's wants and needs weren't fulfilled, which is a two per, like both people create that dynamic. 
but really if you start looking at life more like okay who am I what are my values what are my wants and needs and then navigating from that place with realizing that nothing sugar is not bad you know dare I say oat milk is a mirror oh no <laughs> like the stories we have about literally everything because it's one thing to and I mean, I know you have a quite lighthearted relationship to it, which says a lot. But, you know, people will be so against something. Back to the polyamory. You know, I believe in monogamy for my path. It's what I want to experience. It's how I want to learn about myself. I have nothing against polyamory. I have nothing against open anythings. People can decide. But, like, there's this even veganism carnivore that's like, yeah, 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 that's yeah. the wrong thing. And this is the thing. It's like. There is no thing. It's a bit of, honestly, I'll tell you, it's a bit of an American, and you know, you're Canadian, but let's be honest, Canada is basically America. Let's stop it. You guys are just a little bit nicer. I don't know. Is, is there a cultural difference that you can really tell? We're people pleasers. We like, <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like a cultural, real cultural difference. I, I, I don't tell, can't Me tell much either. of a difference. Um, I was saying that it's a bit of an American thing to be so polarizing i don't know why other countries it doesn't seem to be uh, americans just are love to be polarized i mean well look okay general people in general love to love to you know, like you said either black or white in yeah. general all across the world but something about america that people really are are polarized about things they just fucking either like you said either it's this or it's that and everything in between is just doesn't exist mm-hmm. i don't know if it has to do with that everything is so based out of making money and creating money. Because America, to me, is like like it's a land of making money. That, that's what the land is about. It's come here to do shit. Mm-hmm. You don't come here to like... You don't come here to experience beautiful women, even though they're here. It's like there's many other places you can go. You don't come here to, I don't know, to experience the fucking... Mm, I, 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 I don't know. Well, there's there's a, amazing music comes out of America, right? But I'm just saying it's a kind of a land of to... Yeah, you want to be a musician? Come here. You, do, you can be a musician here. You want to be a painter? You can do it. I mean, mm-hmm. are you going to be? There's no guarantee, but this is the place to do it. It's, it's the place to, like, get shit done. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why people are so, like, you know, like, just they, they, they fucking gravitate towards one end or the other. Mm-hmm. It's just got to be one or the other. Well, I think kind of, like, in, in the realm of triggers as well, right, one, one or the other being, an, like, getting triggered by the other I guess like if you believe you're so fundamentally it has to be this and that it can't be that on the subject of inner peace like inner peace to me is achieved when you can acknowledge your wholeness and part of that is that you are everything and like so let's say you get cut off in traffic and you say that person's an asshole and they're wrong or bad because they're an asshole is to negate you're the inner asshole in you, right? That's the, the concept of mirror work and, and being triggered and being like, actually, can I turn this around? And is this about me? And what parts of yourself haven't you learned to accept and integrate? And I think that is a very first world problem because we have our basic needs are met. So we then evolve into this place. You know, there's that quote where it's like, you're making money, uh, or you're, you're spending money to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. Mm-hmm. That like world of acting and needing to be perceived in a certain way 
we end up hiding parts of ourselves, like the, the authentic parts that don't know or are ashamed or have, you know, gone through something that's embarrassing or hard. And so we like hide and compartmentalize parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And those parts are the things that we project onto the other side, you know, like the left versus the right. It's like, well, they're this and and I'm this. It's like, but we're all everything. Yeah, and it's easier to always just blend in with the thing that you just, you know, like you brought out oat milk, you know, you're teasing me about it, but I get what you're saying. Like, yes, do I have a thing that where I say fuck oat milk on everything? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Um, people will DM me all the time saying like, hey, but I really like oat milk and I drink it sometimes and I also drink raw milk and I like both. And then I go, cool. Like, what do you want me to do? Fucking kill you? You want me to like drive it? Like, like I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about the actual thing of oat milk. I'm talking about that thing that people do. Totally. See, and, and, and I know that a certain amount of people will get it and a certain amount of people won't get it. And so, you know, I don't bother explaining it because I can't really even explain it. I'm just mm. talking to you, the people that get what I mean. I'm talking about that kind of unexplainable thing of being an oatmeal drinker, but not literally being an oatmeal drinker. Well, this is the thing about the trigger, right? And it's like you don't have to do the thing. So, for example, with oat milk or marriage, you can not do the thing and not be triggered AF by it, right? And it's one thing to joke about it and talk about things and whatever and get the gold chain with the fuck oat milk. <laughs> like, that was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> but there's such a difference in the energy, right, of like the lightheartedness of yeah, joking yeah. around about things versus like the genuine trigger of like this is wrong and I hate this thing. Yes. Like wherever there is hate – or in extreme disdain to the point of like nervous system activation mm-hmm. is where you have to lean in, in the name of like inner peace and health, because typically it's not about the thing. It's about something that it means to you that either you've dissociated from or, or like, I mean, I can give you a very concrete example. This is the first time ever in my life that I had the realization in real time. And I was like, Whoa, this is pretty heavy. Because I was going through a breakup and I felt abandoned by him. I'd like, I felt like really the thought that came into my head is he doesn't want me. And then instantly, because I've been doing this, like, you know, it's Byron Katie's work. She calls it the turnaround where you take your judgment for another thing and you literally reverse it back to yourself. And so I'd been doing it long enough that it came into my mind. I was like literally welled up in tears. He doesn't want me. He's sitting next in the car. We're breaking up. And then I realized I don't want me. I should have ended this relationship a fucking year ago. So many, I've abandoned myself so many times throughout the relationship in the name of keeping him or keeping our relationship alive. The relationship. Yeah. 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 And so the, the belief I had about him as a victim of him not wanting me. And of course I have no power in that situation because it's on him to choose me. And, and it's the same with anything that we believe we have very strong triggered emotional beliefs about. I sat for one second and was like, no, I don't want me. And then the power is back in your hands. Like what belief do you have about the thing? And it doesn't mean you drink the oat milk, but it, it, or it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, to get married but it does mean you have to explore your relationship to your triggers that come from this place of like you know the, the polarity of mm-hmm. you know vegan carnivore this like like can you be carnivore but hold space for someone who decides to malnourish themselves with veganism yeah 
because it's true there is there is a reality to the malnourishment and there is a reality to to a lot of the things that i decided not to do but i don't give a fuck yeah <laughs> that i don't it's hard do to, hard to explain this concept it's yeah. like it's like in terms of relationship it's like you know you want a, a monogamous relationship with a boyfriend who's just yours mm-hmm. and you're just his and you think for you polyamory but okay but then somebody who's in a polyamorous relationship will come to you and say oh so you think i'm a piece of shit and you think and it's like no like i don't but at the same time i'm still able to think it's kind of stupid what you're doing like why can't it be be both that's what that's what i mean it's like people want you to fucking choose a side forever forever you got to be no like if you're going to be in a monogamous relationship you have to say that all polyamorous relationships are are stupid and crazy was like i can still say that and if somebody isn't one and it really works i'm gonna be i'm gonna pat you on the back and be like that's fucking awesome and genuinely mean it Mm -hmm. i just don't think it really works but again i i still am cool with it like it's people people have a hard time with this idea like you they, they, okay are you like oh so you're just in the middle about everything you just have no you're a limp dick you know they'll say to you then right oh, so you're, you're just a limp dick you just go left and right it's like, the side of the fence. it's like no 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 i'm choosing the side of the fence of monogamous relationships i don't think polyamorous relationships are um realistic say or whatever however you want to put it but my point is but at the same time if there's one comes about that people are in and it works fucking great like i genuinely mean that i'm not just saying it to be nice i could summarize how i actually feel about them <laughs> let's hear it the people that can uh, do polyamory in a healthy way don't want it. Mm-hmm. And the ones that can't do it in a healthy way are the ones that want it. Like if you could actually, if you have the degree of consciousness to engage in polyamory consciously, don't you don't want it. Is it, is it even, poly, the word polyamory, you're right, you're loving multiple people. I mean, I, I think it kind of, and it's fucking <laughs> definition negates the idea because it's like we all know when you meet that guy or girl and you're just like obsessed right you get to the point of taking out their phone in the middle of the night and going through their text because you're so fucking obsessed with them ah been there done that huh <laughs> got you uh, that you do that right because you're fucking in love like genuinely obsessed with them right and you don't want anybody else to have them and you want to be with them so it's like, how can you be with two people? You, I just don't think you can be obsessed that way with two people or mo- more people at the same time. I just, I think what ends up happening is you have that one go-to girl mm. or wife. I mean, look, a lot of married couples do that shit, right? Like they'll, they'll do what, like swinging parties and shit like that. So, you know, and, and then you go back to your, you know, your, uh, you, you go see your side chick and you go back to your, whatever, your home base, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, that's like the one. I just don't think it's it's even a real thing to be obsessed with two people at the same time. Because I think, again, it's just not possible. That's This is the case where I guess I am going to hold my ground. Because I, I just don't think you can. Because if you're upset, or maybe you're a psycho motherfucker and you just don't love anybody. You know what well, I mean? But what you're saying is like, but about holding your ground, is it doesn't actually negate what we're saying about the fact that I do have a truth. I have a belief about the situation. But it doesn't mean the other's wrong. Yeah. Like, it, it means that you might need to explore that. And if it's part of your truth, like, you know, at the moment, we're pretty damn sure Aubrey thinks it's the enlightened version. <laughs> and that's so okay, because it's part of like, you can't use yeah. force to learn and to learn anything, you have to experience it. But that kind of goes back to this idea that 
those that can actually engage in it consciously understand that it is not a conscious choice. And those that think it is, it fails because built it's built to fail, but it, but not because it's wrong, but because it's a learning experience, just like anything else. It's kind of like, yeah, you, you might crave McDonald's at 2 a.m. Doesn't mean you should go have it. Like there's part of the dance of the human experience of novelty and newness and um, versus, you know, stability. And there's all like, it's just getting to know yourself really. It's, it's, it's hard to understand for people, I think, for a lot of people. Also, a lot of people like to, I, I've said that, I say this all the time, but a lot of people love saying the, um, well, okay, agree to disagree. But it's like, no, you're not really agreeing with me. You're just fucking saying that to be nice. I do genuinely believe that there's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I disagree with you, I disagree with you. But I do genuinely believe that you may have your own truth. And it's just, yes, your truth. That's cool, too. It doesn't have to be one way or the other, but I can still disagree with you. Totally. And I can disagree with older <laughs> versions of myself. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Right. That's the best. Like you said, that's the best mirror right there. Just like <laughs> trying to, or paying attention to what you did back then and being like, Oh my God, what the fuck was I thinking? Right. Or like, why did I do that? And you're doing your, everyone's doing their best. Like, you know, there's a lot of, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's like, you literally cannot not do what you do. Like yeah. you're, you have the resources and beliefs you have. And that's why growth is so incredible. And through mistakes, it's like, imagine a baby learning to walk and be like, dude, I fell so fucking much when I was learning to walk. I shouldn't have fallen. It's like, you can't not fall. So you, you and I initially wanted to talk about, uh, I guess, gender roles and relationships and stuff like that. So we kind of covered some ground there. Mm -hmm. But what, what do you think that, what do you think is happening currently in, let's say, the Western world, in America and Canada, and do you think, as far mm -hmm. as, you know, relationship? Do you think it's headed in, the, in a good direction? Or, or maybe, maybe it's just, it is what it is. Maybe there is no direction that they're, you know, driving us to. I mean, it's a, it's a huge question. In terms of gender roles, like, this is something I've become quite, like, passionate about as a topic because I was grown up, I was raised, I grew up, super in my masculine like independence modern feminism where it's like you know you don't need a man um don't rely on a man for anything make your own money all this stuff and that led to like an array of issues including health issues you know um fertility stuff like just a bunch of health dissociation from my body and distrust in like myself as a woman and, like, we're seeing it a lot. I don't know how un-PC you want to get, but in terms of, like, just gender in general, we're, like, there is no gender and gender is just a fabrication. But the reality, like, the fabric of us as, like, natural beings and a part of nature is there is gender. And women and men are not the same. And so, so many of us women, I think in particular, are just raised so in our masculine that we just don't even know left from right anymore. And a lot of the things that we pursue, big careers, and it's not to say that women, it's not, it's not black and white, but the big career thing and the, you know, how many women are in their 40s, 50s, still single, CEO of a company, but fundamentally unhappy. And I guess this kind of goes back to inner peace is like part of my inner peace as a woman is being connected to my feminine essence and 
that is the nurturer. It's the carer. It's in in relationship in and this look this exists even in same sex relationships. There's a masculine and a feminine essence. Yep. That's what creates sexual polarity. You can't have chemistry without someone being in their masculine and someone being in their feminine. And yeah, like the pill dissociates women from their bodies and coming home to the feminine, even in relationship, like where, you know, a man is having a traditional male role in relationship and a woman has a traditional woman role that is considered like sexist. And, you know, in our modern, you know, Western world, but actually I like feel so deeply and I speak about this a lot and women resonate deeply and so do men that we both crave traditional gender roles. And so I don't know the media in many ways, the medical system, everyone's trying to like tell us that gender doesn't exist. But I, yeah, I fundamentally believe that part of coming home to ourselves is reclaiming our natural essence. You as a masculine essence, as a man and me as a woman, like there's just, you know, the, the, the equality movement has tried to brainwash us to think that we're the same. And there's a difference between being equals and actually being the same. So I like what you shared because you shared it from, you know, growing up in Canada. Where'd you grow up, by the way, in Canada? Toronto. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. So yeah, you're, you know, as a very Western American kind of type Canadian girl. And I'll tell you, like, the other side of that, the Russian side, is like, which is, you know, the most un-PC country, <laughs> country ever, especially right now, right? It's like, there, it's, you know, um, I have to get girls flowers. I can't just go, you know how dudes in America go to like Ralph's and they just pick out the flowers and they bring it to you with the, with the plastic wrap and everything. Yeah. You can't do that shit in Russia. You, you just kind of look at you like you're an asshole and you're trash. You're supposed to take the plastic off and get it wrapped in actual paper. You're not even allowed. You're not supposed to, you can't even do that. See, it's the thing that nobody knows, right? And people are like, what you do? They're like, yeah, it's, it's that much, you know, and you're supposed to pay for everything. And your girl, you know, you're supposed to open the door. And I mean, you know, some people for sure do that in America still. But mm -hmm. it's a very, like I said, like we just talked about, there's no black and white, Yeah. but there's like, say, generalizations, right? So if generally speaking in America, women are very, um, in their masculine, like you said, very mm -hmm. independent. In mm -hmm. Russia, generally speaking, they're very, it's the opposite, Yeah. right? They have, you know, like I said, you, your guy's supposed to do stuff that's, that guys do, and your mm -hmm. girl's supposed to do stuff that girls do. And so coming here, it was very like, noticeable, like, whoa, they do stuff differently here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like I said, it's a very un-PC, it's a very gender roles. There's no such thing, you know, you can't even talk about, you know, gay stuff in Russia. It's not, you're not allowed to promote it. There's no advertising. It's just, it's a law, you know, you're not allowed to do any of, any of those such things. And so I think both the current Western paradigm of like kind of genderless um, at best and where in Russia it's, you know, you still have these traditional gender roles. I think both versions are relatively unconscious possibilities of how it can look yeah. because in, in, in Russia for the most part, you know, people that aren't engaging in conscious relationship the masculine feminine dynamic comes from a place of mutual um, manipulation. So man from, you know, with his money, he has power and woman with her body and, you know, she'll withhold sex. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to get what she wants. Exactly. And the man, the man will withhold money or, you know, women will be, well, you can cook your own dinner. And so both done from a place of manipulation, lowest vibration, super unconscious. And then you step into the, maybe the current state of America. And this is David Data's work. He talks about the three stages of consciousness in polarity. The second stage is when gender doesn't exist or, you know, in a household, everything is done 50-50. Goodbye, sex. (laughs) (laughs) That's marriage. Common because you become friends like that is not like there's no where there's no polarity there's no so in the russia i bet they're having you know pretty epic sex lives yep and in america it, was the complete opposite yes yeah. look at you <laughs> so manipulation or not when there's polarity there's sexual chemistry and then when it's 50 50 you kill passion because you're basically friends like what you just you need the polarity but done unconsciously I would argue is, is extremely unfulfilling because everything's a game. Like this game you talk about, right? Of like a never ending game that exists with the unconscious nature of polarity. And then David Data's work of this third stage of consciousness is when two people come together and say, I'm a woman in her feminine and you are a man in your masculine. And can I give to you the gifts of the feminine. I want to make our house a home. I want to cook for you and clean for you, not because I have to or because I want to manipulate you, but because I love you and I, you know, it's in my nature. Like, and then the man, I want to provide for you and I want to make you feel safe, not because I'm going to then take it away. You know, if you're a bad girl, you know, if you do something bad or if you do this, it's like, this conscious evolved version of giving the gift, not manipulating and never withholding it out of manipulation. Even if you, even if you fuck up, even if you do something that hurts me, I'm never going to use my gift to manipulate you. And from that place, which is hella rare, like that's kind yeah, of, the yeah, 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 yeah. Well, cause what you're, we're doing here is we're bringing those two sides more towards the middle, right? Which is what we're talking about. So I think that's, yeah. that's exactly it. Right. Cause that's, that's yeah because again like yeah i want to be the masculine man and and doing all the cool masculine things but i don't mind if you still work and have a job and make some money like totally i don't want i don't want to be uber traditional either that's you know it's like we were talking about i was telling you about the dudes that are super it's really rebellious to be uh in a traditional you know old school relationship and it's like man i don't know my grandparents lived like that like they lived out in the farms and i they had chickens and Mm-hmm. I got a taste of that. I know what that life is like. Like, I kind of enjoy biking to Whole Foods, like you were saying. Totally. But also, I don't want to live in New York City. It's just like, I just want somewhere in the middle. Just somewhere in the middle. I want to be able to explore that, you know, natural kind of thing. But I, at the same time, I want to I want to live life, too, because life's short. And I want to enjoy the things that people create. And I think those things are cool, too. There's so many things that are so fucking unnatural, but so fun. Oh, I agree. I I totally agree. But that kind of boils down back to like the communication of your wants and needs and desires. And yeah, creating this new version, evolved version of relationship that is possible. Like, and like I work, you know, I part of like my partnership now with my with my boyfriend, we both value traditional gender roles. I do all the cooking and cleaning. And, and it doesn't like it, it fulfills me in a way that I think is probably very triggering to many women 
who are like, well, but it's no. authentic to how you feel right now. You're it like, is, yeah, it so is fucking great. hundred percent. And yeah, I think, I think curiosity again of this, like, well, what do you want for your like? Do you want passion? <laughs> do you want chemistry? Do you want polarity? I, I saw it in my parents reverse gender roles and I like, you know, my dad doing a lot of the cooking and cleaning and my mom really being the breadwinner and that shit breeds resentment and it's not about not working. Like I, I love work. I love the work that I do. We both contribute financially, but it is about keeping like the essence of the feminine alive in the dynamic and not, and not striving for, we are the same. So we like, we're equal. So we're the same. It's very true what you said. It's very true. It, 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 it's funny. So why is it still so pushed upon people? Do you think? Do you think there's this massive machine that's just actually trying to? I I, I don't know. I'm I'm getting farther and farther away from those ideas of like they, the and evil them, thing. yeah, and those. They're you know even though there's a hundred percent some truth to it. A hundred percent. I just don't want to live my life in that kind of fearful mentality of like mm-hmm. they are against this. So do you think there's a sort of big machine that's trying to push this message? Or maybe is it just the maybe the feminine consciousness of the fucking universe exploring itself and maybe thinking that, oh, maybe we can be a little more independent and um, and maybe we maybe we should try being completely independent and then maybe now it's... It does seem like a lot of people are starting to question those ideas, right? At least mm-hmm. like, hmm, like you, yourself, right? And you're not 50 years old, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a bit of chicken and the egg. Like, I I also have really distanced myself from the they, like, the they-thems. No, from the, like, the idea that there's an evil entity that is controlling and manipulating, trying to dissociate us. Because we participate. Like, you know, the whole supply and demand concept. Like, you can only, like, the masses also generate the reality through their beliefs and through their choices and... Yeah, what drives us to do what we do, I don't know. But I think, again, the curiosity of, like, is what I'm doing working for me? Because yeah. like, there's, there's two sides of this, too, by the way. What's happening in America right now with a lot of people being like, whoa, 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 right, right? Like a lot of the red or states tech usually, right? Being like, hold on a second. We don't actually fucking like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the other side of that, like in Russia, where they're trying these old fucks that are in charge of the government they're trying so hard to not let any of their traditional uh, ideas even be even be manipulated slightly or change, you know? So, mm-hmm. that, you know, they're just, no, that's it. We're staying like this forever. This is what we've always done. Our traditions are this way. Women do this. Men do this. So that they're doing that to the point of like, oh, now they're starting a war and they're doing this shit. And they're just like, and, and a lot of people are leaving, right? Because there are people, a lot of people are like, hold on. Well, I mean, I know, I know, I have a lot of, you know, friends that are couples, you know, that are like, well, they're, they're, you know, they're more towards the Russian side. They're very, uh, what were we saying? They're, they're very traditional. Yeah. But they don't like that. The the girl, the the wife wants to work. She doesn't Mm want to be just at home and just cleaning. So Mm -hmm. they're just like, fuck that. We're leaving Russia. So, you know, there's, there's that other side of that, of like being too stuck in this, okay, traditionalism. The, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we should continue doing forever. It's like yeah. either way, if you have a grip, a tight grip on either uh, in either situations, totally, it's not good. No, the tight grip needs to be loosened 
for sure. Yeah, I'm all for people doing whatever the fuck they want. Like I'm, I'm I genuinely mean that. Mm. So why, under the context of like, is it working for you? Yes. Well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, a lot of people will operate from a place and it's not working and the assumption is like I'm just not I'm not trying hard enough (laughs) with the method I'm using yeah it's like with the diet right it's like you're just detoxing you just just wait a little bit exactly like I'm not keto enough I'm (laughs) having any carb it's like well be curious like maybe what you're how you've done it and maybe how you've done it for generations and lifetimes is actually not working yeah did you so on the on the topic of diet? Did you uh, have a good experience with food in uh, Oaxaca and all that? And then now that you're super in, good in America again, do you feel like your quality of food has gone down or about the same? Or how's that change been? I think the meat is. I mean, in Austin, the meat here is off the chain. There's so off much. Off the chain. God damn it! I tell people all the time because you know I live in this fucking LA crazy city. And there's always a, a place that pops up that there's like a 45 minute wait and then people are always like, hey, come on. And I'll go and I fucking hate lines and I'll stand in line for 45 minutes and then I'll eat it and I'll be like, that was good. Like, that's it. Like, it, it so I, I don't do that because I'm just, I'm that guy that everybody's laughing at because I'm just like, fuck the stupid line. I can't do it. But in Austin, you go to Austin and you wait in line for like three hours. They have some places there, right? Like Franklin's and all that. And again, I, the first time I went, I was thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be another Los Angeles experience. And then I finally got that fucking barbecue. I got that brisket. And it was it just I, I understood. That's all. Yeah, the meat. <laughs> I understood. Although I'm not carnivore, I'm definitely I have a I eat a lot of meat. And so in that sense, it's way better than Mexico there. It was the meat was pretty good. But here it's like on a different planet, even in terms of like regenerative agriculture there's epic high quality mindful there's like meat hubs there's literally like a co-working space yeah. and good eggs like, good chicken stuff yeah oh totally there's the meat's amazing um produce is less great but like the climate's not so conducive oaxaca's like miss those exotic perfect. fruits yeah coconuts yeah that's the one thing yeah i love that i, I love exotic fruits i just i just fucking Same. love them and they have them at Whole Foods, but they all come from Mexico. Yeah, exactly. And they're like super unripe and it's just, oh, and, they're, and they're super expensive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the Hawaiian papayas we have here that they don't sell in Hawaii because they make more money shipping them here, right? So they That just, happened. Yeah. I used to live in the Caribbean and a small island in the British Virgin Islands. And we the most amazing tropical fruit all exported. Yep. The papaya, I mean, the pineapple, everybody talks about the Hawaiian pineapple. It's like you go to the store there and you look at the pineapple and it says Ecuador on it. So they get, they get the shittier or whatever less, you know, because that Hawaiian soil. Have you been to Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the best, right? Come on. I mean, uh, it's just like California. It's been ruined by politics. It's like the worst place ever for those sort of things. Hawaii is pretty great. But Hawaii is pretty fucking great, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's literally heaven on earth it's literally heaven on earth so i i don't know if i'm rich enough colonize them yeah yeah if i'm rich enough for sure i'll retire there because it's it's fucking heaven on earth don't tell anybody even though we just talked about it on the podcast but yeah yeah so um so now that you're in austin what are you up to what you've been doing what's the plan what kind of things are you putting together workshops are you doing women's circles Mm-hmm. I'm going to get that going again soon um yeah i'm going to start writing for a couple of the regenerative farming companies around here 
which is super rad. I plugged into that community uh, pretty quickly. And yeah, eventually dance, women's retreats, women's circles, but flowing with it. I'm not forcing the timeline. It's a lot to move. Um, yeah, but you're yeah. enjoying Austin so far, eh? Loving it. Mm-hmm. Even without the boyfriend, I'm saying you're enjoying the place. You like it? <laughs> I'm loving Austin. Austin's cool. It's kind of crazy. Like everyone's, for better or worse, everyone's a fucking coach. Everyone, <laughs> everyone so is cupping marks. There's like literally just gyms on every corner and it's great. I love it. Yeah, the conversations yeah. are hilarious. Like, you know, the overheard in LA's. There's, there's got to be an overheard in Austin there by now, no? There has to be an overheard in we got to look that up. I'm curious the now, too. The shit that I hear is all day. I should start the Twitter account. Now that Elon bought Twitter, I'll start <laughs> It's hilarious. I'm <laughs> telling you. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's a good city. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, it's it's like the coolest people from LA moved there. You know what I mean? Something like I that. I keep hearing this. I keep hearing that, like, everyone's ditched the... I mean, like... I mean, like, not the douchey L.A. people move there. It's, like, yeah. the coolest people that, that are still all about, you know, do your so thing. You're moving to Austin is what you're announcing. I know. I, I liked it so much, honestly. I, I, have a, I have already a bunch of – I stayed with a friend that did that, actually. Moved from L.A. over there. So, you know, I have a bunch of friends. I have you. I know. The Canadian will welcome but you. the ocean. The only thing is just I'm no. such a bitch now. I'm so spoiled for the ocean. That, like, I, I really want, I really want an get- ocean. Did you get to Barton while you were here, the Springs? No, but I, yes, I heard a lot about those, right? Those are fun. Those are replacing They're fun. Uh, well, they don't, but they make the city totally livable. Nothing replaces the ocean. But you're going to have your house in Hawaii and you're... <laughs> and then another place in Austin. Fly between the two. No, I'm not kidding. I really liked it. Like, because I've been there before, but and I haven't been there for a few years. And I went this time and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to really try to, like, not like it, you know, almost. <laughs> and then I really liked it again. I was like, oh, fuck. I liked it. It's rad. I really like it here. I don't know. But it's just... Uh, my family has a place in, in uh, Florida now, so I don't know. Florida is pretty fucking nice, too. But Austin it's, is definitely more of a city city. Like, there's more fun. It's young. It's so vibrant. There's so many young, cool people. Yeah. So many saunas. Oh, my God. All the pool plunges. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so good. Because, you know, you'd think LA would have that, but they're fucking crazy expensive, these saunas. There's only a few of them, really. Mm-hmm. There used to be a great Russian sauna that I would go to here. It was awesome. Was and was then great. Colin Farrell started going there. And then Justin Bieber started going there. So I'd be like saunaing next to Justin Bieber. And then guess what? It became a members-only sauna. And it's like, I don't know, 10 grand a year to join. And I'm like, I am not spending this much money to sit in a – as much as I love it, I just mm-hmm. – I don't, just don't, don't make that much money. So they you know, kind of closed it off to uh, normal people like me that used to go there. So I'm just kind of like sauna-less in L.A. now. Although Erewhon is fucking <laughs> me. You've been to LA then? <laughs> I have, yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Okay, no. so you know about Erewhon, eh? <laughs> yeah, I know about Erewhon and their $11 coconut milk. It's way more than that now. Are you kidding me? I got a smoothie the other day just because I had nothing else. I, I forgot there was nothing else around. So I was just like, I was like, fuck it. It was like $16 for a smoothie. But, like, worth every penny. Yes, yes. That's the thing, right? That's the I'm fucked up thing. It's, like, so good. I like, know. You know you're getting robbed, but you're, like, take it, you know? Take you're it. like, Ugh. Take it. I know. <laughs> I love your one. I hope one doesn't come here because I'll be broke. 
Oh, they're thinking about spreading. I've heard already that they're going to do they one summer. They have one here. I know. They must. Well, you know, I started when I, I it, it was open when I moved to LA and it was just a vegan-ish vegetarian place on Beverly and uh, sort of near Fairfax. It, it basically kind of central of the city in the city. And yeah, I'd go there and buy like kelp noodles and shit like that when I was like sort of vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just nothing there. And everybody would be like, what the fuck is this stupid name, Irwa? And they'd be like, nowhere backwards. And then out of nowhere, in the last couple of years, I guess... No was, pun intended. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yes. Out of nowhere, last couple of years, somebody bought it. And then, yeah, now there's... Rebrand. Fucking, there's like five or six locations now all over the city, and they're huge. You go in there, and it's like... Just heaven. I can't even shit talk them. I love Erwan. I honestly <laughs> take money. You're so basic. <laughs> I, I don't even care. Take money. See, I, I like I, how you own it. Me too. People make fun of me and I just go, yeah, I'm sorry. I they, love Have Erwan. you tried their strawberries? Like they're so fucking good. Like you can't find them anywhere else. I hear they have a membership now in merch. Like I would wear an Erwan t-shirt. <laughs> Whatever. 200 bucks a, a year. So not bad. Not bad. You could... Uh, I think you you have to spend quite a bit amount of amount of money though on it a year to get um you know to make that two hundred bucks back because mm. it's like two hundred bucks and then you like just... one grocery shop. <laughs> well, trust me, more than that because I, I was keeping track at once and I was like, holy fuck, I gotta spend like a lot, for, mm. which I did end up doing. But I know, was, so it's great. It was worth it, I guess. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Okay, so nothing as of yet. You don't have any workshops, nothing coming up as of yet. You'll announce it. You usually do that like on your Instagram, stuff like that, which I'll link. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not promoting anything. We're just talking. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, come on, people are <laughs> want to know who you are. Not so. yet. No, not yet. But eventually, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of things I want to do here. And it's been pretty cool because a lot of the audience for Becoming Fully Human does not live in Mexico. And so that I moved here, there's quite a few people that are ready for in-person events. So, yeah. Awesome. So you will <laughs> let me know, and I will, you know, also share some of that stuff. People can hang out with you and do their thing. Yeah, and then maybe we can do that again, and we'll chat about it. Yeah, another podcast one day. When you move to Austin. <laughs> all right, uh, done deal. <laughs> at one of the many podcasting studios all over Austin. Oh, one of the many. I like that. Thank you all. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on.